0: For some time now, and, and, and for, for a time that's been building, I see it, uh, I have believed and I've said that we are living in the last days before Jesus comes. I truly believe that as I watch, as I read, I truly believe we're living in the last days before Jesus comes. Our world today has changed. Our world today is rapidly changing. Notice today, when you look around, things that were appalling uh, not that long ago are accepted today, even celebrated today. Things that we would have called absolute uh, literal nonsense are upheld as truth today. And We live in a day that's rapidly, rapidly changing. Well, I will tell you tonight, I know the reason why. As you see the collapse of our culture, uh, I know the reason why, and the reason why is We are living in a day when the word of God has been set down. And I believe it's as simple as that. It boils down to just that. The world has set aside the word of God. And the many problems we are facing, uh, the things that we are seeing, come from the fact that the world has abandoned, has left, has mocked, and rejected the word of God as truth. Now, that's in All areas, that's in many areas. And so we are found living in crazy days. We are found living in what I would say are dark days. So here's here's the question tonight. So what is the answer? I want to tell you, as fast as I say that, your ears ought to start perking up. Living in these days, what is the answer? How do we live in these days? How do we survive in these days? How do we even thrive in these days? Now, some of you would say, I've got kids in these times. Some of you would say, I've got grandkids living in these days. Some of you are kids living in these days. Listen tonight, kids. What are we to do in these days? Well, here's what we do. Are you listening? Here is the answer. Are you listening tonight? Here's the answer. How do we survive? What do we do in these days? Here's the answer. We get weird. We get weird. Listen to me. We embrace weirdness. We seek to be even weirder. You're hearing that going, what in the world? We work to be even weirder. We abandon the pull of the world to fit in. The world says compromise, fit in, look like us. What we do in these days, we get weird. Now, we're going to see that played out in our verses tonight. Tonight, our message is entitled, Thou Shalt Be Weird. Thou Shalt Be Weird. Now, we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, tonight, verses 13 through 16. I'm going to ask you if you would if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in the 13th verse, God's word says this. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obe- obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. During Father, we come tonight, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for a Savior. We're thankful for the forgiveness of sin. We're thankful for peace that the world can't manufacture, the world can't give, the world can't even understand. We're thankful for a hope that is living tonight. Lord, we're thankful for the word of God that is living and active and speaks. And so Lord, I come at this time and I ask that you would speak, that you would lead, that you would convict, that you would shape, that you would build through your word tonight. And Lord, I I pray that the fruit of that would be peace in our hearts, peace in our lives. I pray the fruit of that would be hope that endures in crazy days. And I pray the fruit of that would be much glory pointed to our Savior, Jesus Christ. So again, Lord, we ask that you speak. We ask that you move. I pray tonight if there's somebody that doesn't know you, someone outside of your peace, I pray tonight in the hearing of good news, maybe here in this room, maybe some other way, uh, that tonight they would trust you, that any hindrance to that would be removed. And tonight in the hearing of the gospel. There will be a tremendous impact. Lord, we we tell you we love you and we worship you and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, we're going to start off tonight with this truth. Be sure of this. The world's way is not working. Sometimes we can be fooled. Sometimes we can be tricked. The world's way is not working. In fact, if you will look around and you will be honest, the world's way is actually a disaster. And I'll just be very plain with you. The world's way will crush you. The world's way will smash you. It will rob from you. It will heap hurt upon you. It'll put guilt and shame on you. It will wreck you, and then it will spit you right back out. Now, if you don't believe me tonight, look around tonight. Look at our world tonight. Look at the hurting people tonight. Look at the condition of our homes tonight. Look at our land tonight. Look around. The world's way is not working. Now here's the thing about our day, and this is a weird time we're living in, but here's the thing about our day. The world's ways today are cleverly disguised, I believe, more than any time of, of human age. Now, you watch today, the, the world's way it wants to pull you in. It wants to trick you, to harm you, But the world's way is all fancy today, it's all flashy today, it's all dressed up and made attractive today, it's all TikTok-y today and Instagram-y today, and it looks like it's attractive, but I want you to be sure of this, yet it is a sharpened axe ready to fall in the back of your neck. We have celebrities, and we have this, and we have fancy stuff, and it looks so good, and we portray lives that look one way, and yet it is a sharpened ax ready to fall on your neck. Worse than that, maybe on the neck of those that you love. I want to tell you tonight, the good news is this. God's not surprised. God knows about these days. God's not caught off guard in these days. He is not found unprepared in these days. And so understand tonight, in his wisdom, in his grace, he gives us the answer in his word. And so we say these are wild days, crazy days. How do we navigate them? God in his wisdom, God in his grace gives us the answer in his word. Now I want to start off right up front, right off the bat, and and just tell you the issue. The issue is this. Here is the issue. Will you embrace it? Will you let go of the one? Will you actually be willing to cut off the one to embrace the other? Now, here's the the question. Let me just sum it up for you. Are you willing to be weird? Are you willing to be weird? Now, I'm going to be honest with you tonight. Most people are not. Most people like the idea of it. Most people can hear and agree with that. Most people can't do that. Most people cannot let go of the things of the world. But I want to tell you tonight, listen, but for the ones who do, the promise is this. For the ones that would say, you know what, I'm going to let go of the things of the world. I want to be weird. For the ones that do, there's going to be peace. There's going to be happiness. There's going to be found true joy. And so to start tonight, listen, you have to decide, and here's here's the bottom line, you have to decide, is enough enough? Have you had enough yet? Is enough enough? Have you had enough of the, the world's antics, the world's ways, the pain and the hurt and the suffering and the chaos and the drama? Or do you just want to go on with business as usual? I think most folks say, well, you know what, it's just life, it's just how it is. We can endure this. It's not that bad. It's okay. There's some pretty good things mixed into it. The question is, have you had enough or are you content just to go along with business as usual? All right, let's go to our verses tonight and we're going to see the biblical direction. We're going to see the biblical call to be weird. And you say, well, I've never heard it said that way, but that's actually what it is. I'm going to show it to you. We're going to go to the verses and see the biblical call to be weird. Starting in verse 13, God's Word says this. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me read verse 13 again. Therefore, prepare your minds for action keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 13 starts off with the word, therefore, therefore. Now, this is talking about the preceding discourse. Peter says in the verses ahead, we've looked at in the last several nights, that we live in a world that is suffering. He says we live in a world that is hard. Many of the recipients of this letter were suffering. Peter says, yeah, as believers, we have good news. As believers, we have a great future in Jesus Christ. He says more than that, in verse 8, we actually have Jesus right now. And so it's not always some future joy. We have the joy of having Jesus right now. Now, in all of that, all of those pieces, he is saying we are saved. We're saved from the wrath of God. We're saved from the penalty of sin. We are saved, therefore. We are saved, therefore. Now, here's the deal. Saved people, for many reasons, ought not be like other people. And that's just the truth of it. Saved people... Ought not be like other people. Listen, we have a different Lord. We have a different direction. We have different priorities. We have a different hope in Jesus Christ. We are, the Bible says, filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And so listen to me. Saved people ought not be like other people. You know what that means? We ought to be weird. We should be weird. Now let me tell you where the problem starts. The problem starts... When we decide, you know what, a little of the world might not be all that bad. And, and we, you know what, it might not be all that bad. We decide a little of the world can't hurt that much, can it? We decide that a little of the world can be fun. It's kind of fun. It's kind of a, attractive, the things of the world. And so we start to compromise with the world. It's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. I've trusted Jesus for my salvation, and we get a little bit closer. We go a little bit further, and all the while, Satan is sharpening that axe. You are saved, therefore. Now, at this point, Peter starts instructing. Actually, it's God through Peter instructing saved people in how to live in these days. These are his directions in how to live in these days. And so let's look at these directions. First step in being weird In verse 13 is this, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. Now, the word prepare there, it's an interesting word. It actually translates, not prepare like we would understand, it actually translates gird yourself up. Go look it up in the original language, gird yourself up. Now, the picture is, what it means is to take your robe, to take your outer garments, to pull them up and to tuck them into your belt. It's used several times in the New Testament as an instruction. Gird yourself up. Now, the reason they would do that is to be ready to work. I'm going to go to work, and so I gird myself up. For some reason, I don't know what it is, they had to run. So they would gird themselves up. If they had to fight, we've got a threat, looks like I might have to fight. They would pull up their robe, tuck it into their belt, and gird themselves up. Well, the Bible says to gird yourself up, make yourself ready, prepare your minds for action. Now, I want you to notice what we're getting ready here. Our minds, our minds. We are preparing our minds. I've said this, you've heard it. I believe this. I believe we are living in the most Mindless days ever. And I believe that's what our world is producing. I believe that's the goal of our culture. I believe we are living in the most mindless days ever. Now, I want you to think about the sadness of that. God gave us tremendous minds, He gave us wonderful minds to think, to plan, to consider, to study, to ponder to memorize. He gave us tremendous minds. And then here's what we do with our minds in this day. We stare at screens hours after hour. We look at mindless endeavors. Here's something that doesn't matter. We look at that. We watch the University of Texas play football. You ever go out, and and hopefully this doesn't offend you. (laughs) You ever go out today and have somebody make change back to you. And you give them something and they go. And then they start pushing buttons and they look somewhere behind them. I don't know what's behind them. And they, they can't make change. You ever go to the Home Depot and ask for help? I don't, I don't know. I, hopefully you don't work at the Home Depot. But you ever go there and ask for help? I need to get this drill. I need to get this bolt. And you're, it's like you're talking to a Martian and they, they start looking for somebody on aisle six, and then they go over and push that buzzer. Maybe somebody will drop in that knows something. Listen, Satan's battle's for our minds. And he wants our minds, and he wants us to be numb in our minds. He wants us to be empty in our minds. He wants us to be thoughtless in our minds because, listen to me, if he gets your mind, your heart's going to follow. And so he doesn't want you to think about God's Word. He doesn't want you to study God's Word. He doesn't want you to think about the deep things to ponder them. He wants you to be mindless because if you become mindless, it won't be long and he'll get your hearts. Well, to be ready for action, what do we need? Here's what we need. We've been talking about it for years. We need the wisdom of God found in the word of God. If you're going to act the way God wants you to act, if you're going to be wise the way God has wisdom for you, you're going to have to take in the word And so tonight, to be weird, you're going to have to study the Word of God. Now, I want you to notice this is a command. This is a directive. You're going to have to memorize the Word of God. You're going to have to ponder and consider the Word of God, and then you're building a foundation on which to act. Prepare your minds for action. Second thing we do to be weird is this. Keep... Sober in spirit. Keep sober in spirit. Now, what does this mean? What does that mean? Go with me. Let's look at it. The opposite of sober is intoxicated. Sober, the opposite of sober is intoxicated. Under the influence. It means you take in what causes you to be under the control of what you're taking in. That's what intoxicated means. You are taking in what causes you to be under the control of the thing that you are taking in. Well, God uses that picture to describe our next step. Now, This isn't talking about a a verse on alcohol. It may be. It's not talking about uh, some addiction, but it's, it's a picture that God takes to make the next point, to make the next example. It says, be sober in spirit. Now, what it means is we have to be careful in what we are taking in, because what we are taking in will have us under its influence. Do you see that? We have to be alert. We have to be guarded. We have to be watching. We have to be deliberate in what we are taking in, because what we are taking in will have us under its influence. That is the picture here. That is the metaphor. That's what God uses here. Now think about that. What can you take in that would hinder your spiritual life? Be sober in spirit. What can you take in that would hinder your spiritual life? Now, I thought about that, but I can just boil it down to one sentence. It would be anything that is in opposition to the Word of God. It would be anything that is in opposition, opposed to the truth of the Word of God. So listen, it could be music, it could be TV shows that you're watching. It could be videos that you're watching. It could be the social media that you're participating in. It could be the language that you hear. It could be the crowd that influences you. It could be the situations that you get in. We have to guard what our influences are. Now, I want you to notice something here. It says keep, keep, keep sober in spirit. It says keep. Now, what that means is it is a process, and it is a process. And I'll just tell you what this means is if you pull it off today, you're going to have to restart and do it again tomorrow. And if you guard the influences to get in today, you're going to have to restart and guard the influences to get in tomorrow. And it's a process, and it goes on. You have to keep guarding. Tonight, I'm going to be honest with you. Do you hate what the outside influences are doing to you? Make you hard, make you numb, make you jaded, tempt you? Do you hate what the outside influences are doing to your home, to your, to your loved ones? Do you hate it enough to say, God, help me be weird? God, help me be weird. Help me say, I don't want to be under the influence of those things. I want to put in the truth of the Word of God. I want to be guarded in the things that would influence me to walk away from you, to be disconnected from you. Do you hate the things of the world enough, what they're doing to you, to say, God, help me be weird? The next thing it says to be weird in our verse, it says this. Here's the next step. Here's the next instruction. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Believer, we need to see eternity. We need to see the joy of eternity. We need to see the promise of eternity. And so then therefore, we need to fix our hope on the eternal. Part of being weird Is throwing away the world's priority set. And I want to tell you what, the world has a a priority set and says these are the things you want. These are the things you need. These are the things you should strive after and chase after. Comfort, success, some measure of success, material gain, reputation, uh, entertainment. These are the things that you should chase after. Listen to me. All of those things will pass away. And you watch folks, they accomplish this thing, and they get that thing, and they acquire these things, and all of those things will pass away. The word for fix translates actually set, set. It actually translates anchor to, anchor to, set. Completely, of course, means totally. And so listen, to be weird, it means this. We are sold out to the cause of Jesus Christ. Everything is weighed against the eternal. Everything is should I do this? Is this what I should do? Is this what is this what is next for me? Everything is weighed against the eternal. Now here's what I'm finding. And there can be no backup plan. There, there could be no backup plan. You know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna honor Christ and I'm gonna serve Christ and I'm gonna consider the eternal and I'm gonna operate in my finances according to the eternal. I'm gonna operate in my relationships according to the eternal and there is no backup plan. The eternal is all that matters. There's no backup plan. Some of y'all will remember, few of y'all remember, over 12 years ago, I was called to be the pastor here. And when I got here, there were there were some financial needs, uh, to say the least. There were some loans that had been taken out against the building. Uh, the checking account was overdrawn, a uh, pretty big sum. The bills were 45 days past due. Uh, we were trying to decide which bills to pay. And I came in, and I was young, and I said, here's what we'll do. This is a true story. Some of you know this. We'll raise $85,000 next Sunday. And I remember just I was in my little office over there. We'll raise $85,000 next Sunday. One week notice, and we're not going to take pledges. We're not going to take promises. We're going to raise $85,000 in one week. I was in, up here in this pulpit, and I said, you know what? There's going to be so much money, we're going to collect it in chicken buckets. The offering plates won't contain it. That week, I had a deacon that came by. And he, he was a nice guy, very nice guy, and he said this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I think he was just stuck. I I don't know. I don't know. And he left, he didn't know, I guess. And so he left. Another, another deacon came, great guy, and he said this. He saw this young dumb preacher and he said this. I want you to, I want to help you not be disappointed. And you're about to be really disappointed. I want to help you not be disappointed. So here's what he said. You're going to get $35,000, but that's all you're going to get. But that's good. That's great. What a start that will be. We'll start paying our bills. I don't want you to be disappointed. Don't hang your hat on this. You're going to get $35,000. That Sunday morning came around. uh, We collected it, collected it in chicken buckets. Uh, They took it to count it after lunch. And we're going to announce it in the evening service. Um, At 3 o'clock that afternoon, we go home, I have lunch, and I'm going to come back for the evening service. And as I left home, Carrie said this, what if it's not there? And that was the first time I thought, well, it, it might not be there. And I said, what? And she said, what if it's not there? And I said, I didn't think to make a backup plan. And so I made one real quick. I'll go out this door in the choir loft and I'll be gone. They won't ever see me again. That's my backup plan. I remember that evening, they came in with the card, came in with the report. I've still got the little card in my office. And I remember they walked in, they handed it to me. I remember uh, watching some of the older members as they were counting the money. They were crying as they were counting the money. And they brought me this card. And here's what the card said. $105,381.19. 19 19 cents. And here's why I tell you that story. Here's what I believe. God will bless and God will use and God will honor people that will say, you know what, this is the truth. God's word is true. The eternal is all that matters. And you know what, I'm gonna put all my eggs in one basket and I have no backup plan. I think God loves that. I think God wants that. If you say, you know what, this is God's truth, and I'm going to live by it, and if I have to, I'm going to die by it. I'm going to stick to God's truth, and I have no backup plan. The world comes along and says that's dangerous. The world comes along and says you better hold something back. The world comes back, it comes along and says you better get a hold of a few things. You can't trust this fully. And God says, set completely your hope on the eternal. All right, let's go on to verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. Let me read that again. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. Ignorance. Now, verse 14 starts off with an example. It it, it means in this manner, in this way, in this way as obedient children. All right, so there's going to be something to do, and we're supposed to do it in this way, as obedient children. Now, think about that for a second. What do obedient children do? Here's what they do. They listen. They submit and they obey, and they honor their parents in doing so. And that's exactly what the Bible says. They listen to their parents. They submit and obey to the direction of their parents, and the parents are honored in their doing so. And so the Bible says, like that, in that manner, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours, in ignorance, the word conformed means to take the shape of, to, to have the same pattern or the same mold. It, it means do not be shape-like, do not look like the pattern that you used to follow in ignorance. That's what the verse says. Don't look like, don't be shape-like the pattern that you used to follow in ignorance. Now, in ignorance means this. Once you know... You know, we get into trouble, we know, we try to forget, we know, and we try to set it aside. Once you know what God calls you to do, once you know what God's word says, once you know what his command is, once you know what God will empower, you don't go back to the old mold. That would be silly. See this. Believers should be different. They should not be the same. Not with the world, not even with, them, with their old self. Believers should be weird. Listen, and that should be a growing thing. Here, here's the deal. As believers, we should be growing in our weirdness. We should be growing in our weirdness. God's word is always leading. And if we'll spend time in it, God's word is always shaping us. It is always moving us deeper. That's what God's Word does. And so listen, if if you're taking in God's Word, if you're hearing it, if you're obeying it, and God is honored in that, you should look less like your old self and more like Jesus in the process. As you take in the Word of God, as you submit to it, you're not being formed in the mold of your old self, you ought to look... Less and less like your old self and more like the person of Jesus. Now, let me tell you the problem with this. Here's the problem. Many of us go for a while, but then we say, that's far enough. We say, we'll go for a while, but I'm comfortable right here. We say, I I like it right here. I was walking with Christ. I was becoming sanctified, more like Christ. I was looking like him. I was walking in obedience, but you know what? I like it right here. I'm not where I was. This is far enough. And maybe it gets costly from here on. And maybe it gets uncomfortable from here on. Maybe I start to upset some things. Maybe we start to upset some people if we keep going from here. That's a cost I don't want to pay. Maybe I like it right here. I've gone this far. And the question starts to be, we don't have to be completely crazy, do we? We don't have to be completely crazy, do we? We don't don't have to go all the way and try to look like Jesus, do we? We don't want to go bananas, do we? Do we really have to go all in, really? Because I kind of like it right here. I've got it pretty good right here. My friends aren't upset right here. Do we really have to go all in? Let me read verses 15 and 16 together. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I Am holy. Now the word holy, we—I don't know—we say that a lot. We sing it a lot. We might lose some of the meaning. It, it means sacred, yes, but its the most literal translation for the word holy means otherness, unlikeness, unlikeness. It means set apart, different. Now, my translation is this. It's not like the world. It's not like the culture. It's not like the crowd. What does that mean? Weird. Be weird. That's what it says. Be weird. Be unlike the culture. Be unlike your old self. Be weird. Be strange, be peculiar, don't fit in. It says in all of your behavior, in the way you think, in the way you act, in the way you process things, the way you speak, the way you do business, where you go. Listen, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we are to be weird. Again, in verse 15, it gives us an example in this manner, like this. Now, here's the example. Like the Holy One who called you. Now, listen, what that means is this. The standard is Jesus. The standard is Jesus. The standard is no less than Jesus himself. What did Jesus hold back? Nothing. Where did Jesus compromise? Where did he compromise? Nowhere. The standard is Jesus. All right, it's night six of our 30-day revival. Peter's calling us to be stirred up by the recollection, the reminder of the word of call, of the word of God. And so the call tonight is this. Listen, follower of Jesus Christ, be weird. Do not fit in. Be resolved tonight. Don't fall for the lure of the world that pulls you in to compromise. Young people, listen to me. Students, youth, stand. Stand as attractive as it looks. Be weird. Satan wants to draw you in. He wants to hurt you. He wants to crush you. Be weird. Be weird. Adults, young adults, older adults, be weird. Get used to being weird. Revel in your weirdness. Live by the word of God. Prepare your mind for action. Guard what goes into your ears and your mind and your heart. Focus on eternity. Be weird. Do you really want to be? Here's my question. And I know, man, it's it's so ingrained into us to fit in. And it's so ingrained in us to get along, to go along. But here's my question tonight: Do you see the world's way? Do you see the broken hearts of the world's way. Do you see how the world's way ends? Be weird. I'm going to say one last thing, and then we're going to be done tonight. And I think, man, this is for for the older folks. But it's for the younger folks. Now, as you're, as you're listening, maybe you're a student, maybe you're a youth, I want you to hear this. The last thing is this. It's easier to be weird with others. Do you know that? It's easier to be weird with somebody else. And it's a hard thing to be weird. Be weird any way you need to, but it's, it's an easier thing with two people or with 12 people or with 20 people. And part of the stirring up is to stir others up as well. And so I want to tell you, if you're a student and you're at school, you're a, a student and you're on a team, you're a young person, you're with other young folks, you're an older folks, you know, we're going to walk with Christ. We're going to live by the word of Christ. We're going to, we're going to be weird. We're going to be, a, we're going to be people that don't sink down, but instead stand up. It's easier together with others. Here's the, the point to all of that. A lot of words to get to this. Read those verses. Notice those are commands. Those are instructions. Those are directions. But notice this. It sits with us. It sits with you. You decide. Will you do these things? Will you shut off and guard the things that are coming in? Will you take in the word of God? Will you stand in a culture that's going in a a crazy direction? It rests with you. Have you had enough of that? Have you had enough of the hurt of the world to stand and to be weird? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come and we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. We're thankful that you love us. We're thankful that you forgive us if we confess our sin. We're thankful that your word directs us, guides us. I pray, Lord, tonight as we've heard from you and your word, I pray, Lord, that it bears fruit, that it bears an impact. And I pray that we would, we, would, we would be resolved in the spirit of God that lives inside of us and the word of God that would direct and lead us to be holy as you are holy. To stand in a world that would sit, to go this way when everybody else would go that way. And Lord, that the fruit of that would be proof that there is a living God, a gracious God, that there is a truth that stands. And Lord, I pray that you be glorified in that. Lord, we come tonight and I pray as we conclude this service, uh, I know you've spoken. I pray that you continue to speak. And I pray as we leave here that continues to shape. And I pray that there's a people that are peculiar, strange for your glory, for your name's sake. And I pray for some here tonight that do not know you. Maybe here in this room, maybe some other place listening tonight that do not know you, that do not have hope, that are chasing it, that think they're going to find it some way and they're going to turn a corner and there it's going to be. And yet they turn another corner and it's not there and they're crushed and they're hurt and they're carrying around the the guilt and the shame of their sin lord i i pray that tonight they would have heard and hear the good news of jesus i pray that it would take hold it would change i pray the lord that there would be faith and in simple faith they might be saved will be saved lord i pray that all that would be for your glory for your name's sake lord we In this service, just telling you, we're thankful for you. We praise you and we love you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service now with a time of response, a time of invitation. I want to tell you, there's a couple of responses tonight. The first one is this. If you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you the good news of the gospel is this. God loves you. He loves you. He sees you. He also knows you need a Savior. He knows all of us have sinned. Each of us have sinned. In that sin, we've earned a punishment. The Bible says death. The Bible says if we die in that state without a Savior, we'll suffer the penalty of sin, the wrath of God for all eternity. But I want to tell you the good news of the gospel is this. God loves you, and he knows you're helpless on your own. He knows you're hopeless on your own. He knows the weight of that sin that you're carrying. And so he sends his only begotten son, Jesus. He comes to earth. He lives. He never sins. Because he never sins, he's able to offer himself in my place in your place. And so as the perfect Lamb of God, that's what it means. He goes to the cross and he dies paying the penalty for sin. He pays the penalty for sin. God's wrath towards sin is poured out on him. He dies paying the penalty for sin, my sin and your sin. They take him off that grave, off that cross. They put him in a grave. Three days later, he walks out. He stands as the resurrected Savior. He stands as the victor, defeating death, defeating sin. He has the receipt in his hand as he stands alive. The Bible says if you will profess him as Lord, if you will trust him as your Savior, not a list of things you have to do, not a rule book you have to accomplish, not a church you have to join, but if you will trust him, Lord, you are my Savior, and I claim you as the remedy for my sin. The Bible says this, he will save you, forgive you, restore you renew you if you'll trust him he'll save you tonight he'll save you right now if you've never done that do that tonight if you've never done that do that tonight he'll save you tonight if you want to talk more about that if you need more information you you come up in this invitation you come up after the service we'll settle that tonight don't go away tonight without that settle if you're here and you follow christ but you've never followed a believer's baptism you come as well we'll set a day to be a great testimony to what we believe of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. You come as well. Together we'll serve his cause, upholding his good news, his word. Maybe you're here and you're going through tough stuff. Maybe it's stuff no one even knows about. Maybe you want to come pray here at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you want to pray there where you sit. We're not in a hurry to get anywhere. This is our chance to respond to the truth of God's word. But if you have a decision to make tonight, as we stand to sing, you step out. You come on, I'll meet you here at the front. You come on, I'll meet you here.